Hello all Beer Inside listeners. We understand that watching a YouTube video isn't always an easy option for most people. So here's the audio portion of the show here for you to consume. This is episode 152 of the YouTube show, which originally came out on October 21st, 2022. You can subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, the brand new TrendingTopicsNetwork.com, and most of the listening avenues for this podcast. We also kindly ask that you rate, review, subscribe, and leave comments to wherever you're getting this wonderful sound. Please enjoy. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to All Beer Inside. This morning we are in Heinsburg, Vermont, and joining me is Garen of Frost Beer Works. Thank you very mm-hmm. much for hosting us today. Really appreciate anybody who's willing to take time out of their obviously very busy schedule, even when you walked in to uh, speak with us about your brewery and your delicious product here and everything else. Thanks for coming in. Uh, so what's the beer story? What's, uh, what led to the creation of Frost Beer Works? I was, uh, I was a home brewer for, for a number of years and kind of focusing on um, German-style beers. I was a big fan of, like, alt beers. And, uh, you know, had, I think I had some, some pretty successful batches of alt beer. And then I, I started to get interested in, in, the, in the hoppier-style beers, you know, New England-style IPAs. And I had a, a really nice home brew set up and uh, decided that I wanted to take it to the next step. So, so we built this very small-scale brewery just in this little 1,000-square-foot mm-hmm. space. And the idea was just going to do a batch, maybe a batch a month or something like that. And, and, and quickly we, we jumped into doing, you know, multiple batches a week. And we, and we started a little mini production brewery. And ever since then, we've, we've basically grown into the full, the full space of the facility. And, uh, and now we're, you know, 6,000 barrel a year brewery at maxed out, um, you know, 100% at capacity. And it's, uh, it's been a fun ride. It's been a busy ride, too, I'm assuming. Uh, you brought me up. Some delicious looking beers here to try. What am I starting with here? So you've got Star Child on the left here, which is, okay. that's all New Zealand hops. Um, and then the next one is going to be Plush. Okay. Um, uh, we named it Plush, a tribute to Scott Weiland. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Lush is kind of our flagship double IPA. Uh, and then Heavy Imperial Stout okay. is the final beer there. So uh, t- tell me a bit about this. This is New Zealand. What's the alcohol percentage on this? Uh, I believe it's a 6%. Okay. Could be five and a half or six. Yeah. It's six. Amazing. Uh, toast. Cheers. Yeah, it's tasty. This batch is really good. Wow, it's really. That good. is incredibly clean. Yeah, super tasty. Yeah. Hmm. It's dangerously crushable. That's really good. I had a few of those last night. Quite nice. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I can see this being a problem just having a few of these <laughs> on the beach and being like, oh, I need a designated driver now. Yeah, yeah it's really good. Uh, so for those who don't know, uh, your last name is Frost. Frost Correct. Beer Works. Correct. What made you decide Frost Beer Works, not Heinsberg Brewing or like the town or this lot you're in? Like it was always, you know, the, the the name Frost was always intended to be part of the the name of the brewery, just because it seems to make sense. Um, good name for a brewery, I guess. Uh, but we we you know we did look at some other options, not just Frost Beer Works. Um, I actually, it's been it's been a long time, so I don't even recall all the other options we had. But all of them did include um, Frost. Okay. Um, Frost Brewing was one of them, and some people still mistakenly call us Frost Brewing. We have. A number of different vendors that have us listed as Frost Brewing, which is kind of humorous, and we have to constantly correct them. They're like, no, it's Frost Beer Works. Yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah, it's, a, it's I think, a, a pretty good last name for, uh, for to, to be a brewery owner. Yeah. I mean, America's at, what, like 6,000 microbreweries right now? For sure, there's, I'm sure there's Frost Brewing for all, you know, in like California or Denver or something. I don't, stuff. I don't know. I, I, I don't think so, actually. We did, um, they're, they're, the name Frost is used in a couple of different applications, but I don't think there's another Frost Brewing okay. Company. Fortunately, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. I'm sure you don't want to send out that cease and desist or get a cease and desist one day. No, so. and it's a little bit dicey because we've, you know, we've we're, we've gone through some um, 
you know, going through the process of trademarking certain things and it's really gets, it's, it's complex, especially when you deal with really generic names, like the name Lush, for example. We came out with this, this beer in 2015 prior to another brewery that actually uses the name Lush on one of their beers. Um, and we're in different areas of the country and we both have been, you know, separately using the name Lush for a similar amount of time. Yeah. Um, but there's, it, it's, it's, a, it's not a trademarkable name, unfortunately. So it, either of us would have any, would, wouldn't have any luck. So we just have to stick with our own areas, yeah. basically. It's kind of interesting. Because I know there's a makeup company called Lush, but they can't like come after you for naming their your beer Lush. It's, I guess, Correct. the trademark stuff. Correct. Is, yeah. yeah. And the, the, the trademark stuff is difficult. There's, um, it's not even easy to trademark. We did, uh, we did some research and we were going to trade, you know, try to trademark, um, you know, Lush Double IPA, and it uh, it wouldn't have been an easy one. It yeah. probably could be done, but it would just probably cost a lot of money. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and not even certain that it would actually happen, so. I mean, it, it's not that different, you know, I'm, I'm up from Montreal drinking your Lush. If there's a brewery in Montreal that also had a Lush, it'd be like, okay, well, it's two different beers. There's Correct. no question about it. And they might even just have a completely thing. They might call it Lush, but it might be a Kolsch, right, you know. Right, so, right, right. So Kolsch style. Yeah, I've seen <laughs> a dozen breweries using, like, cryptids and stuff. It's like, I've seen, I think, 15 breweries that have a Sasquatch of some yeah, sort. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it shouldn't be a problem naming the beers. To me, yes, maybe same brewery name. That's a little questionable. But uh, the beer names, just just let them go. Yeah, so. I've seen. I mean, I've seen the the the, the term frost used in a, in a number of different references in the brewing industry, but um, none of them really overlap anything that we're doing. And we're so small, and nothing's really going to necessarily, you know, impact the, yeah. the position that we have in the market. At you yeah. know. It's anybody, pretty funny. Anybody ever ask you if you named it after the bad guy in the first Blade movie? No. Nobody's <laughs> ever asked me that. They, they, they do ask me frequently, though, if I'm related to the other Frosts in town, because there's a number of Frosts uh, okay. in Hinesburg, yeah, yeah. and I'm not related to any of them, which is really kind of interesting. But um, yeah, And there's, in fact, there's a Frost that lives right up the street that has a big sign out in front of his house. So people will come in and be like, oh, we, we went by your house. And I'm like, no, you didn't. <laughs> That's fantastic. <laughs> it's really funny. Okay. Uh, so 2015, uh, we'll get into the pandemic stuff after, but just starting in 2015, yeah. what were kind of like some roadblocks and difficulties? Was the town of Hinesburg very welcoming? City councilors like, eh, the, the find a location? It was, like, it was super, everything was really easy because we were starting at such a small scale, uh, really easy. You know, we worked with the folks at the state uh, to kind of talk through what the wastewater situation would look like. And because we were at such a small volume, you know, we weren't going to be overwhelming the, the facilities here in Hinesburg. So it was really very straightforward, really easy. And, and the whole town was super welcoming. All of the businesses, local businesses, the police department, everybody, great folks to work with. Um, the challenges, uh, you know, I think anybody who, who would open a brewery would, would probably agree. There are a lot of challenges brewing beer. It's like, it's amazing how, how easy it can be when things go right. But there's just so much opportunity for things to go wrong. And, you know, I would say the biggest challenge that, that we had and in, in continue to have on occasion is it's yeast. It's the reality. Brewing beer is all about yeast, and it's, mm-hmm. uh, it's, it is definitely the, the most challenging component of the entire business. There's so many little things that are challenging, but the number one most important, I think, you know, constant challenge is yeast and yeast health and um, just kind of managing it. Plus that water balance too. It's, oh, absolutely! You know. It's hugely important. We've we've we early on took the approach with water that we. Um, you know, it, it's funny. Heinsberg has I have a little plaque has the, the the best tasting water in Vermont, but we actually do reverse osmosis on all of our water. 
So all the water comes in, goes through an RO process, and is, and is you know, basically you know, the equivalent of distilled water, and then we mineralize. So we have our own water profile that we, and we've done that from the very beginning. In fact, I did that when I was home brewing, just so that when I, you know, when and if I ever opened a brewery or wanted to produce this beer at a different location, um, I would be able to do the exact same thing. I just start with, with the equivalent of distilled water um, and then mineralize to my particular profile. So we've always done that. So water has not, other than the, fa the fact that we have to use 1.4 times the volume to get the same amount of water because, our, you know, we're getting about 60% efficiency on our reverse osmosis. But um, so the water is, is a hugely important component for sure. But much easier to manage than yeast. Yeah, yeah. What were those first like few homebrew days like that were you ever like, screw this, I'm done, or this is great, I gotta make this professionally? I always really enjoyed it. Um, I, I, when I, you know, I had homebrewed on little smaller setups, and then when, but when I built my own little mini brewery at my house in the basement of my house, I, I built it really um, pretty substantially, I'll say. I kind of treated it like a little mini brewery. Um, uh, it I mean it had everything. I mean it was it was everything like a big brewery, only small. I mean I had glycol chilled fermenters and you know heat exchangers, everything that you'd have in a, in a larger scale brewery, but it's just small. Um, it didn't speed up, of course, the brew day because it was still a little you know little mini two vessel system. Um, but the the you know there there were obviously a lot of challenges. The biggest challenge that that I had home brewing um, was just timing because you know I would I would much like I think a lot of home brewers do, you know, you'd put, I would put things off until, you know, like I, for example, I would, I would wait to, to, sometimes I would wait to clean the fermenter until the day that I'm actually brewing because I'd have another beer I'm transferring out. So I'd, I'd be like, oh, it's going to be fine because I have plenty of time. I'll be, I'll, I'll mash in and I've got, you know, I've got an hour to waste and I'll, and of course, you know, the time just gets squeezed up and inevitably you find yourself, you know, chasing your tail around trying to, trying to uh, get everything prepared. And you're like, oh my gosh, it's time to knock out. I got this and that and I still got to do this. And I got, you know, yeah. it's, it's uh, timing is, is key. Of course, you know, here it's, it's much more streamlined than, than what I was doing at home. It's like sort of uh, practicing what I preach. And, and here we actually practice what I preach at home. I don't think I did as good of a job with it. So kind of humorous. So beer number two, you said it's plush. Plush, okay. which is, is gonna, it's kind of similar to, to Lush in, in, in some respects. A little bit different grain bill, and um, I'd say it's a little, more, a little more of an earthy character versus a, a little bit more uh, of a fruity character in Lush. Mm -hmm. um, primarily just based on, on the, the hops, you know, the hops, hop choices. Fantastic. Toast. Cheers. It's pretty tasty. What's the alcohol percentage? Uh, that's eight. Yeah. See, yeah. you... This is what I love about these beers is you don't get that, like, you don't taste an 8% beer. Right, right. It's, and that's the dangerous part of, like, when I first started my craft beer journey, I was brainwashed by the masses to think, like, hard, high alcohol is you're going to taste ethanol and it's going to taste terrible. and then Which can happen. That, so. that can certainly happen, you know, based on the... On the, the you know the fermentation and, you, and certainly if it's if it's if it's mm. fermented properly then you, you shouldn't be getting those those higher alcohols but it can happen. Uh, I mean, my craft beer journey, I can't even remember when it started. Honestly, it started because of the World Beer Festival in Montreal, and it's like, whoa, beer can have flavor. And then his friends are like, no, 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 uh, the Budweiser tent is selling it for a buck. I'm like, no, <laughs> you know, it's Budweiser, beer, a multi-million dollar company, they don't need yeah, my money. Exactly, so, they do make good beer though. Yeah, definitely, uh, definitely good beer. Speaking of those of those you know those macro drinkers, you get a mac hardcore macro person in right, here. Right. What's that gateway beer here? I would say 
almost all of our single IPAs are pretty manageable and they're, they're really approachable. Like that Star Child, for example. I mean, there's a, there are a lot of, there are a lot of folks that don't even really think that they, they like hoppy beers and they'll drink a beer like this and they, and, and they can, and they actually will like it. Um, and, and I think part of that is because they're, they're, they're hoppy, but they're not necessarily that bitter. You know, we don't, we don't, we don't really have any bittering additions, although we are getting some, some, some bitterness uh, through the hops, um, through our Whirlpool additions, but we don't target, you know, bittering uh, additions. So it's, it's not a bitter beer. So it's, you know, historically, you know, back in the old days, I say old days, like 10 years ago, 10 years ago, when people thought about hoppy beers, they thought about bitter, yeah. bitter beers. And still a little bit like that, obviously like West Coast style um, ales and IPAs, but with, with, you know, typical, I'll say, East Coast style hazy IPAs, they're not that bitter, really. The, the, the hop additions are really just more for aroma and, and flavor characteristics. So, um, so the, the lighter, you know, cleanly fermented beers, cleanly fermented IPAs that we have, um, a lot of people could could jump over to one of those beers from from you know any of the any of their favorite yellow beers and be pretty satisfied with it. Although they're still going to want to go back and drink their yellow beers. It's, it's fantastic. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. I wouldn't I wouldn't tell somebody who's drinking. You know, Coors Light or Bud, that they ought to have a a, a star child. I mean, they could have one star child for sure, but yeah. then just go back to Old Faithful because because they work well. So what I always ask too now is because you know two years kind of lockdown pandemic. Uh, how much did the local step up and really support Frost? We have a really uh, a strong local following. I say, and I say local, I mean obviously the the you know Heinsberg is a small place, but there's there's we there's a good community in Heinsberg. And, Charlotte, Shelburne, Burlington, South Burlington, Williston, I mean, all around, um, you know, Huntington, all the, all, you know, South, this whole corridor. Um, but it's really just, it's really all of Vermont. I mean, I think that Vermonters really, um, they, they, they like to support local and, and the, you know, the volumes of beer that we, um, that we sell into the state that I think gets consumed in the state um, would, would support that theory that, that it's a, it's a very like, local centric uh, place and it's it's super cool i think almost all other states are doing the same thing in fact you know what will happen is is i think we'll start to see some decline in sales in other states because the same thing's happening across you know mm -hmm. multiple states people like they want to buy local they want to support their local uh, economy that's one thing i love about the u.s versus where, where i live in canada is you guys can send your beers to another province uh state sorry right. <laughs> i went pure canadian there uh whereas unfortunately i live in the province of quebec i can't get beer from ontario unless there's all these wacky rules and that's you know one thing where that's where i get very jealous is i can go to the winooski beverage center i could buy 24 vermont beers yeah, and then crazy. 24 beers from all over the u.s and that's that's something I'm a huge proponent of is because, yeah, it might not be your state, but you're still supporting a local business yep. in the end. Yep. So. It's, which is really, really, really cool. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's, you know, we don't, we don't think, you know, because we do send about 40% of our beer does go out of state. Um, you know, we fully expect those out-of-state customers to, um, to support their local, yeah. you know, their local breweries. Uh, you know, so we just want to be in the rotation, just one of those numbers in the rotation. Maybe every, you know, 50th time they go into the store, they'll grab a, a you know, four-pack of Frost and they'll be... And they'll be psyched. But, you know, our, our hope is that at least 50% of the time they're buying their local beer, you know. And likewise in our state, we like to support local. Yeah, that's the most important part is as long as you're support, supporting, you know, the way it, it, I know it's negative. Some people it's negative connotation, but a mom and pop business, to me, it's, it's you're, yeah. like it's you and your wife who literally own the business. It's amazing. <laughs> it's, yeah. I mean, and it's, so. you know, we have, we have incredible employees and it's, it's uh, you know, it's just a, it's a, it's a great way to, 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 to have a, a super chill place to work. Now I say chill, meaning 
it's very manageable, but these guys are, you know, I've got really, really good people and they're, and it's, they have a lot of responsibility, yeah. but it's a great job. There's nobody, nobody breathing down their throat. Uh, they do have to, of course, deliver. They have to be really good at what they do. But you know, the fact that we have the support that we have, it, it provides us the opportunity to, to give, you know, five people plus all of our vendors, all these opportunities to, to, you know, to have a good time, uh, while making a living, you know? Yeah. That, you know, it's, it's been repeated time and time again, but if you love what you do, you're not really working a day in your life. Right, so. right. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Speaking of that, let's say you do have two weeks to, your team's ready to take over for two weeks. Yourself, you could just step away for two weeks and go on that beercation you've never taken. Where, where are you going? So the one that I've never, uh, I mean, it, it, pretty much my entire life is kind of like a beercation in, in <laughs> some ways, but... Um, the uh, you know there's a, there's a lot of areas I think that uh, that I would like to go to enjoy the beer, but in truth I really am a, a huge supporter of like uh, you know West Coast style beers. We we do some West Coast styles here. They're really not our specialty. Um, so I mean I, you know and I love California. So I, maybe yeah. I just say it's California. I mean we have gone to to Germany, uh, Austria, Germany specifically around you know beer and like a beer occasion, but. I think California, if I had to say two weeks of just enjoying uh, the beers in the, in, in the location, I'd say I'd do, right now I'd do two weeks in California, which is a pretty easy one. It's manageable. So Yeah. It's one of the bigger states from what I remember, too. I think it's like Texas, California, or up there. Is like yeah, the and there's pretty much, uh, you know, there's, there's a lot of, there's yeah. a lot of, there are a lot of great uh, breweries in California, and it's, yeah. uh, it's, it's a fun place, obviously. Beer's good. Weather's and good. We've spoken with an influencer, and he was saying uh, Nevada's beer sp- scene is really starting to like step up too. Colorado's is so, crazy as well. Yeah. Colorado's insane. It's uh, it's pretty amazing. I mean, Great American Beer Festival in Denver yeah, every it's, year. It's it's the big yeah, one. So. It's uh, it's it's Colorado's is crazy. Really fun. I love that place. Yeah, I know we were talking about it because this show started as just a podcast. Now it's both a YouTube and a podcast, but. We were talking about like haunted breweries and there's apparently like two in California, uh, Colorado and we're like, well, we have to go at some point because every podcast is about hauntings or murders and we don't want to be involved in murders. Right, right, so right. Let's, let's go to a haunted brewery and <laughs> see if anything happens. You know, Valcor in uh, Plattsburgh, they're in an old military barracks and there's like rumors it's haunted. I'm like, oh, if we could just get that footage. <laughs> Gosh, I, yeah, that seems, that seems eerie. I mean, I've spent so many, especially in the early, in the, in the early years, I spent so so many nights here alone. Um, it would it would freak me out if I even thought this place was haunted. If you, if you think it's haunted, it is. It's like because it's it's just the way it works. It's like uh, you believe in ghosts. Well, if you even have the conversation, clearly you do because it's like you know it's, it's. And even if you don't, and you're gonna freak yourself out, you know. Yeah, that's anytime I'm at a, I'm at a random inn or whatever for the for the show. Like we spend a weekend somewhere, I'm just like, God, I hope it's not haunted. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, although I, I've always really wanted to to spend the night in some in some haunted castle. There are some really amazing castles in Germany, obviously, yeah. and, and um, or all over Europe, clearly. But um, it would be, I think, it'd be awesome to spend a night in a haunted castle. <laughs> I mean, I'm not saying I wouldn't be freaked out. Yeah. I probably wouldn't sleep a wink, but it'd be uh, exciting. Yeah. Uh, this is Lush, you said. That is Lush, okay. and that's kind of, I'd say, our flagship beer. That's that's. Um, it's sort of, I'll say, our baby. I mean, that's it's what we produce the most of. It's it's what we sell the most of. It's kind of the. Um, it was the. It was really the first beer um, in this style that we were like, yeah, this is this is really good. I mean, of course, it's 
you know, it's, it's changed a bit um, since 2015, but uh, it's, uh, it's evolved, I'll say that. Um, it's, a really, it's a really great beer, super, super clean, super manageable. Um, it's, it's my personal favorite. Fantastic. Toast. Cheers. Yeah, super, super yeah. tasty. It's like another like uh, eight, another eight percent. Yeah. yeah. So, and it's, it's you know the th the thing about Lush uh, is it's not like it's not, you can line it up with a whole bunch of different double IPAs and some are going to be like they're going to knock your socks off. This isn't a beer that is going to knock your socks off, but it is super consistent, super tasty, super approachable, drinkable. Um, it's it's a, it's an awesome beer. It's you know it's like I said it's we started brewing it in 2015 and you know it's evolved slightly but it's pretty much the same beer. Yeah, so. yeah that's all your beers super, super deceivingly super crushable, which yeah. is very dangerous. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you have some pretty unique names: Lush, Plush, Starchild, uh, Kakamora. Where, where did this naming convention come from? So the the names. I mean, there's there's obviously a, there's a long backstory to most of the names, but. Um, we typically wouldn't even have a name for a beer until the night before we packaged the beer. Um, one of my, when it was just me and another guy, it would be like late at night, I'm trying to figure out a name for the, for the particular beer that we're going to package. Um, and it would be in the final hour, I'd come up with a name. And then, I would, then I'd actually uh, have to, have to uh, put the name and compose the label. And then I would print the label the <laughs> night before we would bottle. This is back when we were bottling. And so often I would not even have the, 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 the name of the beer until... Late evening, I'd get the label finished. I'd print the labels basically through the night. It would take me like two or three hours to print the labels. I'd bring the labels in, in the morning, and then we would bottle the beer. Um, so it was, it, was, it was a much more haphazard um, naming process than, than you know, what we currently have. Now it's most of the names that brand, are the brands that we have are pretty stable, and those names have been around. Um, but we do play around with names, and they're mostly like for research series. Like these are just research series names. Okay. Um, these guys are, and uh, those uh, those names. If it's if it's a beer that we brew a lot, that research series, then we might you know turn that 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 research series mm -hmm. into an actual brand. Yeah. That's like Starchild used to be a research series, and it became a brand <laughs> Starchild. But uh, so your labels, you just you stuck with white with the names. Uh, some people just go wild with like animation characters. Why that, and why not go crazy like a lot of a lot of people do? Yeah, um, you know, it wasn't. We really just want to have a super clean design that's really recognizable, and our intention was never to to you know to to do it uh, on purpose, like from a, from a marketing standpoint. Mm -hmm. um, it's just sort of our nature. My wife and I are both you know we really appreciate really simplistic design, really clean simplistic design. Um, and so, you know, for that reason, it ended up being that they're just, they're white. Now, the other, th other component is that we, for years, we pre-printed our, 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 we did all the printing ourselves. And so, you know, we didn't go into it with the idea that we wanted less coverage on the label so that it was cheaper in terms of the cost of ink. But as it turns out, of course, it was cheaper. And, and so, there, there were benefits to having the clean, you know, white design. Um, and we don't really have any interest in, in uh, bringing a lot of uh, uh, excitement to our labels, even though we've had, you know, we've had a number of people that ha have given us feedback that we ought to. I think we've had more feedback that people appreciate the label. So it's, you know, it's one of those things. It's, yeah. it's, uh, we are all about consistency, and that, that label has looked essentially the same since we started. And other than some small changes that we're kind of considering, um, Really, the, we, our hope is that it was always going to look like that, and people are going to be able to recognize and associate that kind of that color and that mock-up with the brand Frost. You know, 
And speaking of the Frost logo, the Frost, but the O is, is a hop at uh, Beerworks. What, what, and it almost looks like the Heinz symbol. What made you pick that as a logo? Well, my wife is a graphic designer, and okay. we and, and I came from a printing background, so I've had a lot of exposure and experience with, with graphic design and graphics in general. Um, and we absolutely labored over this logo. I mean, we had so many different iterations, in, and frankly, we were never satisfied. We were not even satisfied with our current uh, logo. We, at, at, at one point, we're finally just like, we got to settle on something because we're never going to be satisfied. Um, we're opening tomorrow. We need to. It, it, seriously, it was probably like a, you know, an eight-month process of just like noodling it, noodling it. And we finally were just like, we got to settle on something. Let's just go with what we think is the best. And, and you know, so we just kept you know, narrowing it down. And then we were just like, okay, there it is. Let's, let's just go yeah. with it. And so we've, you know, we've, we've, we've leveraged it. We've, we've come to accept it. We're not 100% stoked on it, but... There again, it's it's you know when you build a brand and people and people kind of uh, associate your beer with that brand, we don't have any interest in going back and changing it now because first of all we don't even know what we would do because we weren't like I said we, we we tried everything in our power to to satisfy ourselves and we were unable to do that so. Um, you've been around since 2015. I'm guessing you've done a couple of collabs. What are what are some of those collabs you've done? Yeah, whether so it be from like working with a local restaurant to make a beer specifically yep. for them to a coffee maker. We've for done, your we've stuff. done a, a, a few collabs. Um, we do. Our, our, our coffee uh, imperial stout, um, we use Paradiso Farms uh, uh, beans with a, a particular roast that, um, that Steve and I came up with, um, Steve from Paradiso, mm-hmm. um, and, he, and he makes great coffee, um, but I, I like to, to roast it a little bit past the first crack, and so it's, it's a little more than he typically roasts, so, so he does a special, a special roast for us. In fact, we just ordered a, a 10 pounds for our next batch of uh, uh, I think it's coffee porter this time, yeah. Or it might, might be Imperial Stout with coffee. I can't remember which mm-hmm. one we're going to do. Um, and the other uh, collab, which we're going to do again, which is a fantastic collab, is um, we, do a, um, we do a collab with Hermit Thrush. We call okay. it Hermit Lush. So it's a, it's a double sour IPA, and it's absolutely fantastic. My contributions to that, um, it's basically our grain bill. It's basically it's Lush, okay? It's our grain bill. I provide all the fresh hops. They, they you know, they'll... Um, They'll source all the grains because they have they're using similar grains to ours, um, and then I bring down all the fresh hops because, as you probably know, Hermit Thrush is not uh, necessarily a kind of a fresh hop type of, type <laughs> <Yep>. of facility. <laughs> um, so, so I provide all the hops, and we dry hop it just like we would a, a conventional, uh, um, you know, double IPA. But they they do they you know they they do all their sour. We kettle sour, and then we um, further sour it uh, during fermentation, and it's uh, it's absolutely fantastic. And we're going to do that again. It's 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 unbelievably tasty. It's one of our favorites, and we we'll have we'll have that on draft. Hopefully, um, hopefully within the you know by you know, two or three months from now. So yeah, I unfortunately haven't had your collab with them, but Hermit Thrush, you know, they literally say yes, they're all sour. Yeah, <laughs> so. all sour. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's crazy. If you could collab with anybody else, any dream collabs? Like, what are one or two collabs that you'd love to do? Oh, that is a tough one. Um, you know, my the reason I would want to do a collab with a with a with a really um, I'll say upscale brewery would be primarily because I want to use their equipment. So it's an interesting one. But you know, so a lot of these guys that are really big and really awesome um, are 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 not typically going to be the guys that are going to want to do a collab with Little Frost Beer Works. You know. Yeah. So and like they're certainly not going to let me. Brewdog or any of those guys, type of thing. Yeah, I wanted to. I, I, I mean, I've wanted to do do collabs with some of the some of the big guys who do have you know mm-hmm. just ridiculous you know Hoopman or Steinecker systems, and, and I'm just jealous of the equipment they get to use all the time. And so I want to do a collab because they make great beer, and it's like I, I'd like to see what our beer would be like if we were you know it's kind of like 
you know, I'm driving around in, in, a, in a little souped up Honda Civic and I'd love to drive the, uh, you know, the, the twin turbo Porsche once, you know, so. <laughs> could you see, because Jack from Weird Window came out of here, would, could you, would you do a collab with Jack at some point if, uh, if the opportunity arose? Potentially, but then it'd be both of us driving, you know, the souped up Honda Civics. So. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Uh, so no, you, but I mean, but, I, but we, we're, we're, we're all for uh, collabs with local guys because, you know, everybody's got a lot to bring to the table. And, yeah. Um, and it's super fun. We have... Um, I'm trying to think who, who else. We've done some collabs with some other folks, and, and it's been super fun. We did one with ProPig. Um, we did a couple of them with ProPig back in the day, and that was that was super fun. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm open to do collabs with anybody, really. As long as we can yeah. See, what I do like about Vermont is like everybody's kind of two hours away from each other when you really think about it. So <laughs> it's you know it's a tiny state, but big beer, as they say. So yeah, exactly. It's, uh, for sure. Uh, speaking of that, souped up. This is the souped up beer here, the Imperial. That's so. the heavy Imperial Stout. Yep, yep. that's a um, it's a fantastic beer. It's just a, you know, it's just a, a, a straight Imperial Stout. There's no there's no adjuncts or, or flavoring or anything like that. It's just it's exactly the way I like it. Honestly, that that beer has been around for a long time yeah. as well. It's we've been we've been brewing that since since we opened in 2015 as well. The nose is beautiful. It's uh, really we do a barrel aged version of that as well, which is fantastic. Awesome toast. Cheers. Ten percent, I believe it's, I believe it's uh, nine. Nine. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Still, it's it's the same thing. It's yeah. all your beers like it masks the alcohol like that. Yeah, it's There's really, no question about it. Really, really tasty. Wow, that yeah, is I love that yeah. Beer. All your beers, honestly, very dangerous. Like, buy some cans and go home <laughs> after. But uh, for somebody who comes here, like myself, try a few beers. Buy some cans to bring back across the border after 48 hours. Um, friends in the area that you suggest I check out from restaurants to coffee shops to other breweries. Like, who should I visit while I'm here in, in Hinesburg or within, like, so let's say, an hour drive? Well, an hour, of course, you have pretty much all of Burlington, which is kind of crazy. But, but in Hinesburg, for sure, I mean, you know, we have the public house right here, which is great. They, they, they always have our beer on draft there. I say always. I'm not in there all of the time, so I don't really know. But um, they have really good food over there and uh, nice folks. There's a fantastic uh, sandwich shop, uh, Paisley Hippo, right in the corner here. And so we we often suggest to people to to get a sandwich at Paisley and then sit in our you know in our tasting room, not in this room but in the other room, mm-hmm. um, because we don't really have any prepared food. So it's uh, Paisley makes fantastic sandwiches. Um, but as far as Heinsberg is concerned, you know, really there's not a lot of options here. Um, and I think once you you know once you Go thirty minutes or 20, 20 minutes up to up to Burlington. I mean, the sky's the limit. There's so many great breweries and restaurants. Uh, it's it's fantastic, you know. Um, awesome. Yeah, love it. Uh, what's next for Frost Beerworks as a brand? Frost Beerworks is um, is currently just kind of staying the course. I'll say, um, you know, trying to uh, become as efficient as we possibly can at the size that we are, um, which is hugely important because we're we're maxed out in terms of our space. You know, the hope is that five, you know, three, four, five years from now, if, if uh, you know, if there's enough demand uh, for our beer that we may, that we may, you know, go through some, some sort of a, um, uh, you know, a process of building out a new facility. But, but at this point, uh, you know, we, we're producing 6,000 barrels out of our facility and we're really happy that that's all we can produce because it seems to be kind of a, a sweet spot. We don't have to fight too much to, to um, you know, keep our beer on the shelves and keep it fresh. Um, so we'd like to be bigger, but but we're really quite happy to be at the size we are as long as people are drinking and enjoying the beer. Yeah. Uh, I see you're an untapped verified venue. Do you find that helps at all? You drags in the 
beer Pokemon players, as I call them. So, um, I don't, I don't know about that. I mean, we we really uh, appreciate um, people reviewing our beers. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, whether they're good or bad. Um, of course, we prefer them to be good reviews, obviously. Um, but uh, you know, Untapped seems to be, you know, probably probably the most popular um, you know method of, of yeah. beer reviews. And it's, I think it's. We really, we really, uh, we like it and we support it. I mean, I, I, I'm in all, I'm fully in support of any, any of these sort of unified systems. And we, we use Untap for our menus and everything mm-hmm. because our, because we're putting the beers in there anyway, so that people can post the reviews against them. So, um, it's, it's pretty slick. Of course, integration between Untapped and our own home, homegrown database, in-house database, would be, would be awesome, as well as maybe integration with our point of sale. And you know, the more things you can integrate, sort of, the, I think the, the better experience it is for employees and for customers. Awesome. Uh, Garen, thank you very, very much for you're, speaking with us welcome. today. Uh, for those who are looking for Frost Beer Works, let them know where they could find you. Uh, frostbeerworks.com is our website. Um, you can find us on Instagram. It's pretty easy to search for Frost, but it's frost.beer.works. Um, and on our website, there's a beer finder. You can find all the different retailers that are carrying our beer. Um, in the you know, for sure, if, you, if you're in a, uh, on-premise and you got it on draft, definitely grab one of the draft beers because it always tastes fantastic on draft. And where can people physically find you for those who are looking for you? Uh, we are in Hinesburg. We're, we're on Commerce Street in Hinesburg. Um, and just, just search it up, Frost, Frost Beer Works. I think we're the only Frost Beer Works, so it's pretty awesome. easy. We're going to add all that in the show notes uh, along with the address of those who are looking for you. As for us, allbeerinside.com is a website at All Beer Inside on all social media, and as I say in the end of all episodes, drink craft, not crap.